You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. And welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This episode, number 136, we'll be discussing the brand new Captain Marvel trailer. And also, what's up with DC? <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Sanjay. Oh, man. You know, we've had a very slow few weeks in Nerd, but man, did it amp up this past week. Not only did we get our first look at Joker... A surprise reveal that maybe Cavill's out as Superman. And then today, we had the first Captain Marvel trailer drop. Woo! I, you know, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I'm pretty stoked to be here to discuss <laughs> this weekend nerd with you boys. How's it going, guys? How are you feeling about all this news that we're getting from both Marvel and DC? It's crazy, man, how we go through these lulls, you know, what, the last two episodes? It's like, they're great episodes, but the news has been kind of quiet, Yeah. right? And then now all of a sudden, you know, it's just been, the hype train is real, man. I mean, we were covering a little while back that EW cover of Captain Marvel, and um, that was awesome. You know, that's some great news, great content. But uh, this this week, these last couple of days have just been jam-packed, whether you're a DC person or a Marvel person. It's awesome, man. Yeah, I think maybe they were all on summer vacation or something, and they just got back, and they're like, shit, I have all this lined up on my desk. All right, slide out some uh, news releases, and let's get going here. Yeah, because DC's been more or less absent from any news other than little tidbits about Wonder Woman over the last month or so. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden this week, we got this Titans clip to talk about, this Cavill thing. We've got these reveals from this Joker movie that... I just assumed was never going to happen, but <laughs> here we are. They're filming it. Yeah. So we've got a jam-packed episode this week, guys. But before we get to the Captain Marvel trailer, before we even talk about DC, i got to hear about your guys' week in Nerd. We like to always kick it off talking about what collecting looks like, what comics look like. So, Troy, man, yes, how's sir. it been for you? Oh, it's been good, man. You know, I'm finally caught up to you guys now with uh, with Vader. So I read the Vader, was it 2021? Yep. Coming off the annual there. So um, I caught up. Um, It's this series is strong. Charles Soule is killing it, you know. And, I mean, you can't expect every issue to be fire. Um, these The last two issues weren't the greatest, but they're not bad by any means. It's just kind of calmed down a little bit. I'm sure we're building up. I do like the fact, like, I don't want to spoil too much, but I do like the fact that he's established where he wants to be yeah. or where he wants to kind of take over. I was a little confused, though, of the timeline because I was like, do we flash back a little bit in this book? Because I thought he was already, like, had his territory of where – I'm trying to talk about without dropping the name. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, either than that, though, you know, the art's still strong. Giuseppe's holding it down. I, I've caught up on uh, Batman. Nice. Um, yeah, Batman's cool. I like what's going on. Cold Days. I just finished the Cold Days. So Batman's in court. Um, actually, Bruce Wayne's in court basically kind of defending Mr. Freeze, which was, which was really interesting. That was good. I've caught up on Nick Spencer's Amazing Spider-Man. I just have Nightwing left to finish. So I've, I've digested quite a bit of comics 
this week. I've been uh, chill on the collecting of figures, except for an Ezra Disney Infinity that I found, thanks to uh, Sunjay's Dollarama stores. Yo, yeah. I'm telling you, Dollarama yeah. has a lot of cool stuff in there. Hidden gems, man. That's yeah. <laughs> well, apparently we have to add this to the hunt list. Like, right? Dollarama is officially now with Walmart, Toys R Us, and EB Games. Oh, yeah. Dollarama's there right next to it. For sure. And it's crazy because, you know, my, my Walmart is actually chilled out. Like, I'm on a chill with Walmart, and, and Dollarama has kind of filled its void for a bit. I'm sure it's going to change. But, um, yeah, that, that's about it for collecting. And, uh, I, and I finished Spider-Man. So I've been doing Spider-Man all day all week and i completed the game at like i'm at like a 96 percentage for completion i just destroyed that game so um yeah man yeah you get that downloadable content now eh? oh yeah i'm just waiting until october now (laughs) right on how (laughs) about you sanjay man how's it going yeah uh first off so in the spider-man game can you be like venom carnage anyone else or you're just strictly spider-man well i I don't want to spoil much because this i gotta say first of all the story group is crazy this is one of like one of the best Spider-Man stories I've read in a long time or, or played, gone nice. through. It's, it's, it's a fantastic story. But I can't answer your question regarding Venom because that would get into some major spoiler. All I can say is with this game, there's like so many costumes you can unlock. Yeah. And one costume you cannot get is the symbiote costume. So they're Ooh. clearly holding on to that, DLC. that story. Not even DLC. I think it's honestly going to be another game. Oh, there's, wow. there's, there's a lot of setup in this game. A lot of payoff too. But um, yeah, so no, no venom, no venom, no carbonation in this game. Oh man! Yeah. All right. Well, for me, you know, big week of comics. We got the new Batman Damned coming out, which is part of this new DC imprint or DC label called DC Black. So basically, it does not take place in continuity, and there's a whole bunch of stories planned. Some of them are really crazy, really out there. This is kind of the first one, and it kind of like jives with that Joker movie. So this one here, the Joker gets killed. Batman wakes up and he's like, shit, did I finally kill the Joker? Like, he can't remember what happened. It was written by my man, Brian Azzarello, who is one of the best Wonder Woman runs I've ever read. So awesome do- run. Oh, I love it. So cool. So I'm really excited to pick that up tomorrow, which will be actually yesterday in future time when you're listening to this. <laughs> but I'm getting caught up. You know, I'm on Batman 49. I'm enjoying what I'm reading. I love the Poison Ivy stuff. The Booster Gold stuff just wasn't for me. Uh, but yeah, what did you think of that one? That's the one when he changed the the reality there, right? Yeah, that was super weird. Like, I just didn't get it. I don't know. Maybe I was tired tired when I read it, but it just didn't yeah. jive with me, man. Did you finish the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, so uh, what, yeah. I'm on, like, issue 50 now. I haven't read The Wedding yet, or The Wedding in quotes, but uh, okay. that's where I'm at. Okay, cool, cool. Let me know what you think of that one, then. All right, all right. And uh, a lot of movies, you know, a lot of movies that I'm picking up. Um, even still, you know, I watched this beautiful film that totally took me by surprise table 19 have you guys seen this movie never even heard of it okay so i thought it was like this light romantic comedy and i go to sit down to watch it i'm like yeah you know it's a it's about this like reject table at a wedding table 19 so it's all these people that kind of don't belong at the wedding they kind of know the bride and groom but not really too well it's kind of like an odd concept for a movie and i sat down i watched like you know light-hearted watch it with the wife and I honestly, you know, I bawled my eyes out at the end. I don't know what it was, but that movie, like, it's got really bad reviews. Um, but for whatever reason, that movie spoke to me and it, it made me, you know, it allowed me to cry. So, uh, yeah, Table 19, check out that film if you haven't. Check it out with the missus or the misters. 
you know it's it's a great rom-com and I, it's, is, is, it's good. is that an extended universe with uh, room 13 <laughs> <Shared universe? laughs> it's a hotel room they go back to after sitting at table 19 uh, right? i see i see and it's also beside you know it's the prequel to room 1408 the stephen king horror film there so. you go we've connected all the numbers <laughs> now you picked up a steel book this week correct did i yes was it, or was it last week the the jurassic world fallen kingdom Oh yeah, no, I didn't go steelbook for that. You didn't go. St- I did. I didn't steelbook it because okay, here's why. Normally, I would steelbook I'm, that. I'm kind of shocked here. This yeah, is, uh, this is <laughs> two reasons. Two man. reasons. So first, I have the first four Jurassic Parks, but I have them in the slipcase, like the Blu-ray slipcover, the one that Troy just throws out willy-nilly. That I still can't believe he does that. <laughs> so you know, I think as a collection, it looks nicer if I have all five kind of in the same slipcover as opposed to like four and then a steelbook but what happens when they release all them in steelbook oh they already have but i'm like i can't afford to go back and get all those in steel from the guy with 200 plus steelbooks. <laughs> you gotta pick and choose i mean if i'm gonna go back and get one steelbook for jurassic park franchise it's definitely just gonna be the first one yeah i agree with you there. <laughs> and, and you know this one here you know i didn't actually love the artwork it was just a picture of blue on the cover and then there's so many cool scenes in that movie. Like for as much as I hate on that movie, there is some awesome like visual cinematography uh, setup scenes like where there's lava and there's raptors and there's dinosaurs. I'm surprised I didn't use one of those cool shots. So underwhelmed by the steelbook artwork. And I figured, you know, it would look nice together as a collection all in the slipcase. Yeah, I can can appreciate that uh, completism that you're going for there something that looks nice you know as you can see in the room you guys out there can't see this but i am uh, also a fan of uh, of that methodology of keeping consistency yes. within your collection i can appreciate that that's like 50 percent of my collection like a lot of movies it's like oh i don't like halloween seven but i have one through six and eight and nine so you know i have to get it you know what i mean it's just i always do that with a lot of stuff are you guys the same way with your figures you're like well i don't really like this guy but, you know, I have the other ones, so I might as well get them. Yeah, to a degree, I'd say. Like, you know, going back with the vintage collection or the vintage Star Wars action figures, the 77 through 83, and looking back at particular focuses within the Black Series, yeah, I if I'm missing something, I will eventually go out and get it, but it's got to be right price. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Troy? Um, you know, more with the build of figures. Yeah. I, I definitely have some regrets with the build. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hear I, I'm looking at young Thor. <laughs> yeah. Um, with the Star Wars, you know, Force Awakens. I love the Force Awakens, so I got. I, I I do like those ones. I think I'm calming down. I'm just becoming more choosy now, yeah. mm-hmm. more so than ever with with the figures. But um, yeah, basically the Marvel Legends, man. I have some big time letdowns with the Marvel Legends. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, the to, I get a bit in the back from. <laughs> build the figure pieces that I wanted right. that cost me 25 bucks a piece. So right. <laughs> yeah, live and learn, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, so for me this week, it's been relatively quiet on the comic side, but I did finally pull the trigger on Marvel unlimited. Oh, nice. nice. Cool. Yeah. So it. there's three tiers that you can, can I actually... have your username and password. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, yeah, I really don't care that much. <laughs> so there's three tiers you can get in on. There's a 999 American, which is a monthly pass. There's a yearly or an annual pass, which works out to about 590 American. And then bad. there's one that's the top tier one, which works out to about 825. And with that, you get kind of this collector's case, uh, an exclusive legend, a patch and all this. But they just switched over the 2018 to the 2019 exclusive release for the Marvel Unlimited. And it's all Venom-related stuff. Oh, oh, okay. 
So I don't have any interest in that. <laughs> so I went with the annual pass. So I'm going to try this for a year. It works out to, say, $6 American, so less than $10 a month. So that's less than a trade a month. So if I can consume, say, anywhere between 10 and 15 comics a month, I think that's more than worth it for less than $10 a month. So I'm pretty pleased, actually, with Grabs making a mistake and jumping into <laughs> Comixology by, an ac- by accident. And then... That got the wheels spinning here, and to me, eventually, I did a weird amount of research for this. For the amount of money that it's actually going to cost <laughs> me, I did probably like three hours worth of asking questions on Twitter, you know, <laughs> talking to people about is digital the right way to go? Am I am I souring my my comic book collection by not getting the trades or the single issues? Am I doing something that's morally wrong as a comic book reader and collector? And most people convinced me that I wasn't, so... Nah, you're all good. I mean, honestly, it's one of those things where I think if you read a story that you don't own already and you absolutely love it, you'll probably just go out and buy it anyways. That's very true, and that's uh, almost the collector in me agrees with you 100%, is that if I like a run, I'm going to go get a single issue. Mm -hmm. And whether it takes me two years to collect it or I can get it right away, I'm still probably going to do that. And at least you've already read it, and then it just becomes about the hunt. Yeah, exactly. The hunt. (laughs) Speaking about the hunt, I I recorded an episode of what we kind of dubbed the Tumbling Nerd Room. It's kind of our crossover (laughs) collecting comics sort of episodes that we do once a quarter. And on there, I committed to getting back into Lego because I had missed this for six to eight months. And I pulled the trigger on the new X-Wing that came out, I believe, on October. No, sorry, August 1st. Um, It's the Luke Skywalker X-Wing, X-Wing from uh, New Hope. It's got um, Biggs, Darklighter in there, Luke Skywalker R2, and another Astromech. Beautiful-looking ship. I haven't got into it yet, but I'm looking forward to actually sitting down and relaxing because I find that... That very, very calming, sitting down, watching Star Wars, and doing a Lego build. I'm, I'm super excited about it. It's a beautiful ship. It's going to fit nicely with the collection of other Lego ships I have. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, does your Go ahead, Sorry. Uh, when you do your Lego builds, and I know you sit down and you watch a Star Wars film, do you go by set to movies? So, for instance, would you watch A New Hope with this set, or does it matter? It's just a random Star Wars film. Um, I'll probably, usually I will try to watch the movie that it links up with. Cool. And I was thinking to myself the other day, I was, I was riding to work on the bus and I'm thinking, I haven't sat down and watched the original trilogy in probably six, eight months. <laughs> I thought you were going to say years. <laughs> no, no. So it's, it's been a little while. That's a while, I would say. Yeah. And so oh, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling the need to sit down and get into some OT. So this is a, a perfect excuse to hopefully on the weekend at some point, just sit down, do a Lego build, get me some, some Star Wars original trilogy. So I'm really looking forward to that. Awesome. So... Let me ask you a question, Tim. So when you're building these, do you, does your daughter help you build these? Because like my daughter's shown an interest in building with like those big uh, Duplo blocks. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, I don't know if she would enjoy Lego or she's only two and a half. So is it still like too small for her or... I would say these type of sets I do more or less on my own. They're yeah. because there's so many small pieces. It's a bit intricate at times, and because I'm, I'm looking for something a bit peaceful as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I have done Lego builds with my daughter, smaller packages. Yeah. But there's also kind of this mid-range Lego. Um, it's Disney focused. There's a few other things, mm-hmm. and it's bigger pieces. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And so I've done a few of those. I did like a Daisy and Minnie bow shop or something like that Mm -hmm. with her once and then even all my other legos like a lot of the the sets i have that aren't vehicles and not things i want to display i'll build them with her and then i'll put them in a bin and Mm -hmm. she goes in and pulls them apart so she's pretty good with the small pieces nice like she's never been one to to chew things or put things in her mouth so i've never been concerned about that but every once in a while she'll dig out like 
proper Lego and start putting things together. She doesn't have the dexterity to put the really small pieces, but she likes to build the figures. Like we'll go into Lego store even. Yeah. And you know how they have that console thing with all the heads and all that. She'll stand there for like half an hour building different figures. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So I'm hoping that down the road, it becomes a shared pastime that we can do bigger sets. Even if it's not Star Wars or Marvel or whatever, we can do kind of like the NASA space shuttle or something mm-hmm. like the Disney castle is something that I'd really like to do with her. Oh, that'd point. be dope. That'd be cool. But that's going to take pieces of that one. Ooh, that's going to be, uh, I would say over a thousand. Whew. Yeah. It's pretty nice. It's they've yeah. had it up in the Lego store. Uh, over the last little bit and it, it looks like a great build and it's kind of right up our family's alley i think it would display nice out in the family room yeah we've kind of got like this movie thing theme going on disney yeah we're really heavily invested in disney <laughs> 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 all right boys well, it sounds like we've had a fairly robust week in nerd you know we've kind of done a lot of everything i'm glad to hear that everyone's catching up with comics as well because that's somewhere that we've all been having a hard time kind of getting up to speed getting up to current date with all of that because you know this past week and it was nice to hear you sanjay focusing in on batman we celebrated batman day no 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 batman <laughs> and with that you know i i think it's time that we just lay down what our favorite batman film is because one of the questions okay. as we celebrated batman day coming from warner brothers or coming from batman wherever was which batman film were you going to watch on batman day so if you were going to choose one film and one film only, Troy, to celebrate Batman Day, which yes, sir. Batman would you be watching? Oh, Dark Knight. Dark Easily Knight? Dark yeah. Knight. Hands down. Yep. Well, that's kind of cheating. I think we should take that away. Because <laughs> yeah, that's okay, kind of interesting. That's yeah. like when it's saying, like, who's the best basketball player of all time? You, Kobe you, Bryant. Whoa, you exclude <laughs> Michael Jordan, my son. <laughs> Let me tell you about this one basketball You're never going to win this debate. <laughs> His name is Sharif Abdul-Rahim. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> From the Vancouver Grizzlies. <laughs> All right, fine, fine. So when you're talking about hockey, you always exclude Wayne Gretzky because he's just like that far above. Sure. Yep. <laughs> All, right, All right, so excluding the Dark Knight, Troy, what are you picking? I, I go Batman Begins. I love Ooh. that film. I feel it's very underrated. I, I oh. I, lo- I think it's such a good origin film. Mm-hmm. I love what they did with... Um, Raz al Ghul yeah. in that film. I love the twist. Um, Christian Bale, I think that's one of his better portrayals, actually, of the character throughout the whole franchise of Bruce Wayne and Batman. I like the costume design. I like uh, Fox in there. I, I, everything, man. I love that. Love that movie. It's a great, great. movie. Yeah, yeah. It really like saved Batman. It did. Oh, definitely. And it definitely. probably saved DC Comics on film, and it probably saved to some extent maybe even superhero films on film. It definitely drove them in a different direction. Yeah, yeah, like it showed that they could be more than just popcorn flicks. Well, I think it was The Dark Knight that showed that, that did yeah. most of that work. But it was Batman Begins that set the stage for The Dark Knight. So I'd say in the absence of Batman Begins, you do not get Dark Knight. But in the absence of Dark Knight, you might not get the universes that we're seeing right now. Oh, yeah. and I mean, I just remember sitting in theaters at the end when he pulls out the Joker card. And everyone yes. in the audience just lost it. And, you know, that yeah. was before, like, I would go on the internet and, like, research these things. Like, I'm sure that would have been leaked if that same scene came out today. Yeah. I don't know. 
You don't think so? No, it's a pretty subtle scene. You don't yeah. need to do that out in the open. That's true. That's true. And like effectively, that could have been a lead into Batman 89. Yeah, and that's where I thought they that's were going. That's what I always thought. As a kid, I always thought, I was yeah. like, okay, cool. This is the origin to the Michael Keaton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely feel you on that. Yeah. yeah. How you feeling about Batman? Like, what are you watching in the absence of, of a Dark Knight film for Batman Day? Well, even if the Dark Knight, I could watch it. I'm still going Dark Knight Rises. For me... I agree with you, man. Right? Like, for me, that is the best Batman film. And in my opinion, my humble opinion, and this is just my humble opinion, my favorite superhero film of all time. Wow. Yeah, I love Wait, it what? that much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, I got to rewind here. Is <laughs> <laughs> it your favorite superhero film of all time? Of all time. It is just so good. I mean, I'm, everything about that film. I mean, okay, you got Bane, who's such an amazing villain, and you got that uh, plane crash sequence at the beginning it just knocks it off and then it just like doesn't stop it just keeps going i mean this this film is so good and it's so like dark and it, it at the last like hour you're just on the edge of your seat and like the pacing and you're like how is this going to end like where is it going oh i love it you know i agree with you the dark knight is what i answered wb's question to on yeah. twitter or The Dark Knight Rises, sorry, not yeah. The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight, <laughs> I think, is the best Batman film. Yeah. But I really enjoy watching The Dark Knight Rises. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's that that final battle that just seems so chaotic where you have the police versus Bane's cronies. Mm-hmm. And you have the Bane-Batman thing going on there. You got Catwoman in the mix. I just get, you know, this this huge adrenaline rush when I watched that film. Yeah. I like Bane. I like the voice. I like the I love look it. of it. Yeah, it's theatrical, man. Yeah. It's it's I, I agree with you, man. That that would have been the one. <laughs> you know, maybe or maybe not in the absence of the Dark Knight, but it's one that I find myself revisiting quite a bit more. I've seen the Dark Knight tens of times. But the Dark Knight Rises is one that kind of sits there. I think it's an underrated film, personally. Yeah, I think the internet's kind of beat it up a bit, but we gotta remember like when this film came out, it's got what eighty eight percent of critics on Rotten Tomatoes liked it. It was on American Film Institute's ten best films of the year list. So I mean, at the time, like people were raving about this film. But it's like anything. Like you look up at the follow up to any great film, yeah. it's always gonna fall short. Nothing was ever going to meet the expectations that the audience, that the general fandom put into this film coming off the heels of the dark knight you could never match that that joker that this intense film that we got and people were expecting the same thing and it wouldn't when it didn't quite deliver on the same level i think that's where a lot of the letdown is is that yeah maybe there are some fundamental flaws with the way it was executed i don't think there's huge ones but coming off the dark knight anything would have looked bad yeah right it's the same way you look at avengers how great it is and the follow-up to that not the direct follow-up but the follow-up to that being ultron kind of fell short because everyone was expecting avengers plus 10 yeah you know? yeah uh are you guys then worried about avengers 4 no not at all infinity war came out blew everyone away snapped everyone away it's the russo brothers again obviously yeah. right they've not yeah. delivered I mean, a bad they, film yeah, they're, they're gold. I mean, especially because there's a, there's a pair of them. You know, you look at most franchises that, and the director sticks on for more than three films, more than two films. There's a lot of fatigue involved. I mean, you even look at, like you just mentioned, Joss Whedon with um, Avengers 1 or Avengers 2. Mm-hmm. You, you look at Sam Raimi with uh, Spider-Man 3. There, yeah. There's there's a quite a bit of uh, directors out there. Brian Singer, you know, he's another one too. Even though he didn't do Last Stand, but he came back and did um, Apocalypse and Days of Future Past. I like Future Past. I don't like uh, Apocalypse very much. I don't think... 
a lot of people out there do too. But um, the Rooster Brothers, because there's a pair of those guys, I really feel like they can lean on each other and get get a get a strong film every time. They've nailed it with Civil War, uh, Winter Soldier, Infinity War. Um, I expect nothing less when it comes to Avengers Four. I think they're doing a great job. So. No fear for those guys. <laughs> I agree. So that, that's a way that we would have celebrated or we did celebrate Batman Day. Now, uh, uh, the way that WB and DC in particular celebrated Batman Day, at least in one form, was giving us our first clip from the Titans. Now, we have the trailer. Mm-hmm. We spoke about that in the past. And this Titans is coming on the DC Universe, the streaming service that's coming out here in the not-too-distant future. Uh, it's actually dropped in the Has US. It, it's oh, dropped it's, now, um, but none live. of the shows have dropped yet. Okay. So we're hoping this drops on Netflix, this Titan thing. But this clip that we got had you guys pretty jacked up on Twitter yeah. because it was a bit of banter between Jason Todd's Robin and Dick Grayson, now ex-Robin, and the kind of go between the two of them. I really enjoyed this. I thought this was a great <laughs> little clip. It wasn't Batman focused in particular. He was name dropped, but it was a cool little tease to put out on Batman Day. We have basically the two Robins meeting. Yeah, no, this is this is awesome, man. I'm, I'm sold. I'm a big Robin fan. I'm a big Dick Grayson fan. And you throw in Jason Todd in the mix, like, you can't go wrong. I think uh, nobody saw this at all coming. I had no idea we we're going to get another Robin, especially introduced this soon in the first season. So just to see the banter between the two and what we're going to get out of these characters is going to be gold. Um, maybe even Dick Grayson drops the uh, the Robin costume a lot sooner than I anticipated. I mean, maybe he's only going to be Robin through half the season and then dons the Nightwing outfit. So, so who knows? Because there's never really been two Robins running around at the same time. I mean, kind of currently right now in Rebirth and Detective Comics, you have like Red Robin, which looks exactly like Robin, but it's uh, Tim Drake. And then you have the uh, the current Robin, which is Damian Wayne's, which is Bruce Wayne's son. That's about as close as it gets. We've never had two Robins at the same time. So I'm really interested, man. I feel like this actually clip kind of saved that trailer a little bit too. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm fully on board, man. I can't wait to see what goes on with these two. Yeah, I can't wait. You know, I don't watch a lot of uh, TV shows. Like I don't watch Arrow. I don't watch Supergirl. I don't watch Flash even though – or Legends of Tomorrow even though I hear nothing but good things. But I actually, I'm going to watch this. Like, Teen Titans is such an interesting cast, such an interesting uh, group of characters. You know, they really are like DC's X-Men. So I'm so curious to see where they take this. And I think they're, you know, with that one clip, you know, F Batman, they set the tone. They're like, we're, this is not Teen Titans Go, ladies and gentlemen. Like, this is, <laughs> like, if you have anyone that's a teenager, you're not allowed to watch it. You got to be like 21 or plus to watch this. <laughs> no, it's exciting to see them rolling out these clips down, giving us a bit more perception as to what this is exactly going to be. Because I'm still a little confused as to what this, or at least the direction that they're taking this. You know, I'm not a big Titans guy or Teen Titans or whatever. So I'm not sure, but going the more R route um, seems a, a little bit odd to me, at least if you're trying to pull in a large base. Yeah, they are getting some of the cartoons in that, but I guess you do have the CW universe to go to for that PG, PG-13, and maybe they're trying something different here, which I can appreciate. But I like the clip. I thought it was kind of cool, the continuity, the building that they're doing, even within the clip itself. You know, it's quite meaningful to a lot of people, and I can appreciate that. So I thought it was a great reveal on Batman Day. Nice, nice. Positive stuff about DC. What is going on? Well, you say that. (laughs) Because our next topic here is uh, one that kind of cropped up on the internet all over Twitter over the past week or so. And it's one that, you know, at first surprised me, and then in hindsight didn't really. This is the news that Henry Cavill potentially is hanging up the Superman cave. You know, this was dropped 
I believe in the Hollywood Reporter first, and then Deadline picked it up, or vice versa. And it was followed up by some odd commentary from Henry Calvo himself. You know, really weird Instagram video with him with a Krypton lifting team t-shirt <laughs> on, this weird music, and, and him holding up a Batman or a Superman doll. And then coming with this was also the news that Michael B. Jordan was going to replace him as Superman in some capacity in whatever form the DC Extended Universe is taking now. So what do you guys take on Cavill potentially hanging up the cape? Do you think this is a legit news article? Do you think this is just conjecture? Is this like the Affleck? He's in, he's out, he's in, he's out. <laughs> what, what's your guys' take on this, Troy? I'm going to throw this to you first. Oh yeah, he's done. He's done, man. I, wow. I, <laughs> yeah, really? Uh, yeah, I, I think he's. I think he's out because I mean, you got to look at it this way, right? If Henry, not Henry Cavill, if this report came out, because um, it wasn't, it was. I think you said, yeah, was it Variety or Hollywood Reporter? One of the one of the, legi- more like one of the more one of the big ones. ones yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So if those guys came out and said something like that, WB, if this was, um, if, if Henry Cavill was sticking with them, WB just wouldn't respond. Or if they did respond, they just say, no, he's our Superman. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't do any of those things, right? So this it's really weird timing too. This isn't something at all WB would want. You got to look at the timing. Um, we got Aquaman coming out, right? This is just, this is just like last year with, um, justice league. Right. And then we had the whole Ben Affleck scare going on. Ben Affleck's out. Like <laughs> they don't want these <laughs> things happening before their films. This is, this is brutal. It's funny how they keeps coming out just for DC. It's probably like some Marvel guy that just keep leaking them out there. <laughs> Is that you, Tim? <laughs> it may be. <laughs> but one of the things that this was surrounding was a potential collapse in discussions about an appearance in Shazam right. for Henry Cavill's Superman. So I didn't know at first. I was I just took this as, okay, this is a bit of conjecture. People are just kind of blowing this up. This might just be a, a simple case of miscommunication or the talks for that fell through because of scheduling. And then someone interpreted that as him getting completely out of the DC Extended Universe what do you think, Sanjay? Is it is he in? Is he out? Where does he stand? Ah, uh, man, he's staying. He's not gonna get rid of Superman. Once you're Superman, you're always Superman. Tell that to the other Superman. <laughs> Brandon Ruff, if he could stay on a Superman, I'm sure he would rather do that well, now than he's the Adam. Le- Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> um, I think this is much like Matt Reeves. I uh, remember back when he, that came out on the Hollywood Reporter. Matt Reeves out as Batman, and then the next Ben like, Affleck. Yeah, but 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 they never reported on Ben Affleck. They just said Matt Reeves out as Batman. Um, so and then like what, like a week later, two weeks later, he came out saying no, no, no. I think this is just like a negotiating tactic. I've heard like Henry Cavill and WB are far apart. Henry Cavill wants more creative control. He wants more money. Um, WB is not willing to budge. They don't think he's an A-lister or that he could you know carry his own film. Even though Man of Steel did close to seven hundred million dollars. He probably uh, just wants a movie. Yeah. I, yeah. In the words of Black yes. Panther, somebody right. get this man a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's, that's the thing in the report, too, they've also mentioned, is that um, WB has no plans of any further Superman films. Disgusting. Like, like how that's, could you? crazy. How could you have an extended universe and you're shelving one of your best players? He's well, the biggest superhero of all time. Yeah. Superman. Right? And like, that's, to me, that's one of the biggest <laughs> things is, I know I... I had some commentary around this when I spoke with Kyle and those guys last week on the, the crossover episode, but not to reiterate all of that, but one of my points was is that they don't have an established set of pillars or a foundation here. And like anywhere else, you look at what Marvel did, and I don't like always comparing, but this is, you know, the base comparison we have. They oh. they built up a universe around 
Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man. Yes, lesser known characters, but they established those guys. They paid them. They signed them to contracts. They upped whatever ante they had to get Downey back for every single follow-up film post all when all his contracts were done. So they, they ended up here and they paid the money to establish those pillars. And now with those guys fading to the background, you've got Black Panther and Captain Marvel and mm-hmm. the Guardians now taking the reins and running with this universe. You don't need these pillars anymore, but you yeah. need them to set the foundation. Yeah. And what they're doing here by putting Batman potentially, we don't have any news on that. Superman, you're taking your two two of your three main pillars yeah. and putting them to the wayside and not establishing at least a face to go with them and i agree with creative freedom you look what they did with hemsworth on thor 3 they gave him creative freedom downey has mm-hmm. creative freedom evans creative freedom to do and work with the writers and work with the character as they feel necessary so it's not just a reading of a script show up work out go away yeah. like yeah. I, I agree with giving those guys that freedom because then they become invested in the character. Mm-hmm. You can't disassociate anymore a lot of these Marvel guys from the characters because they're so invested. They they do the dress up and Cavill's done this where they go to like sick kids and all that. Yeah. Yep. So you want to have those people that are heavily invested, like your Jason Momoa. I feel that they've given him a little bit of that. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it showed in Justice League in the final fight. Yeah, they've given Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot some of that freedom to tell the stories they want to tell. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's always going to be that tweaking, but you need to give these people at least the perception that you want them to be there. Not greenlighting a sequel seems to me crazy because I I agree with you guys. Man of Steel is one of the best DC Extended Universe films. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So yeah, the, my take is he's out and it's because yeah. of all of this It's because they just aren't willing to commit to anything. And yep. you know, he's done this mission impossible thing. That's it's the highest grossing in that franchise. I don't mm-hmm. know his, his status in there. If he dies or not, I don't want to know, <laughs> but he seems to be a guy that wants to move on with his career. And if it's not yeah. with Superman, if they can't commit, he's going to find work elsewhere. Yeah. Well, and he, he's been signed to do, I'm not a big um, Witcher fan, but I know it's one of the biggest video game franchises out there. He's just been signed on for, I think a Netflix deal to play uh, the main character of the Witcher series. Like that's going to tie up a lot of his oh, time. Yeah. Um, there's, there's rumors too, that he might be the next guy in line for James Bond. Yes, I mean, yeah. he was number two next to Daniel Craig. I mean, this guy's picking up whether WB wants to believe it or not. He is going to become a huge superstar. He was really big in The Man of Uncle. I know it didn't do extremely well. I love but he that was, movie. He was fantastic, right? Like, yeah, good movie. Yeah, they, they need to hold on to this guy. And he's a great Superman. He's he's my favorite Superman. He so um, Yeah, I agree. I yeah. love Christopher Reeves, but I agree yeah. with you. Henry Cavill is my Superman. Yep. Yeah, now, now what's sure. your take on the potential of Michael B. Jordan filling in the role, taking on the cape? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know how much validity there is towards that. I mean, I, I think it's kind of like talks. I, I, again, this kind of backs up my whole uh, Twitter beef going on with with Sanjay there. Um, I think <laughs> I think I think it's rebooting. Um, there's no further plans for a superhero film or a Superman film. I think after Wonder Woman, they're going to restart this whole universe properly, and maybe they'll do a different take with Michael B. Jordan or whoever else. I don't really see this universe going anywhere further. I mean, you have a Justice League, and you, you're missing the big two. Out of Justice League, this it's just crazy. This Matt Reeves thing is probably not going to come out till 2022, 2021. Yeah, who knows? Who, who knows? But um, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily going to be Michael B. Jordan, but they're definitely obviously have their eyes open on a different take of a Superman. And I mean, obviously, if, if you're to pick Michael B. Jordan, then where do you place him in this universe? Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't. Right? You're not going to do the whole multiverse where he's the, the president version of That would uh, be so cool, Superman. though. 
that would be cool. But I mean, if they canceled the uh, Flash, um, Flashpoint film already, yeah, there's no way they're going to introduce this to a whole multiverse. You know what I yeah. mean? If they can't time travel yet, so I think down the road we're getting a whole revamp and and better for it, in my opinion. Uh, you know, uh, it was a strong possibility, but the reason I don't think they're going down that road is because I've heard the script for Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn's in it. Uh, what's her name? Margot Robbie set to reprise her role. So that starts filming in January right. of 2019. Um, you know, they got a director, they got a script, they got everything, they got locations. And then I just heard on Twitter, Suicide Squad 2. The script just finished. Uh, they handed it in to WB. They're going to have a look at it. And so that's getting a sequel. So I don't think it's necessarily like a 100% uh, reboot. It, it may be like a pivot towards... You know, I don't agree with it, but maybe, okay, we're going to fo- take our focus away from Batman and Superman, the two biggest superheroes ever, and move it to <laughs> minor characters. And right. maybe that'll have something to do with maybe the budgets. Like, Birds of Prey budget is probably not going to be $200 million. No. You know, it's probably, I heard, like, $55 million. And uh, that Joker movie, $60 million. Yeah. So maybe that's what they're doing. And maybe they're going to let, you know, these lesser characters kind of grow the universe and build it up and then be like, okay, let's... Now let's bring back in Batman and Superman. I don't know if that's what they're planning. I think it's a dumb idea. But, you know, you can't have a successful DC universe without a strong Batman, without a strong Superman. Wonder Woman's going strong. Like, we don't have to worry about that franchise. She's already... The first film was amazing. It was a big hit. Second film looks like it's going to be the same thing. So, you know, one of the three pillars is good, but we need to prop up those two, the others two. Yeah, you know... I agree with you. You need that that set foundation, as I said. And what I see them, or the direction I see them going, and this is why I think Michael B. Jordan's name has been floated out there, is that maybe they're going with these standalones. Maybe they're going with Elseworld Tales or something to that effect where they're just going to go out and try to make some films and see where it goes from there. Really adopt the DC comic books about creativity over continuity. Mm-hmm. So doing something a little different. Maybe that can just get some faith back in the fandom towards their ability to put out or produce a film. You know, I know you guys have loved them. I know, you know, Matt Salvador, I know there's a huge fan base out there mm-hmm. for the films they've produced. But for me personally, outside of Man of Steel, outside of the Dark Knight stuff, it's I'm just not fully on board. Wonder Woman's great too. But I, I think that maybe it's it's let's take a big pause here relook at everything but still continue to roll out and get people to to at least understand some different characters if they want to do an elseworld michael b jordan superman fine standalone see where that goes and if they run away with a franchise that's fine it doesn't have to connect anything so i think a lot of it is about maybe trying to reestablish themselves as quality filmmakers using this source material i guess like we don't really know which way they're going to go because obviously they're going to put more money towards this more successful films. So like if Aquaman comes out and is a big hit, Shazam comes out and is a big hit, you know, it does, it wouldn't make sense for them to be like, okay, let's reboot or like, let's restart again. They'll probably just be like, okay, Aquaman two gets announced. Shazam two gets announced and, and let's keep going. It's very franchise focused. That's kind of what I'm saying is that you just take the franchises the same way Nolan did and you Mm -hmm. isolate them all. You silo them off. And you build it the same way they're doing with Wonder Woman, right? Yeah. You don't necessarily need all the connective tissues with what right. they're doing in that Wonder Woman universe. Aquaman's a hit. Shazam, again, 
to me, it doesn't fold super well into what they established with the Justice League anyways. Mm-hmm. So right. push that off. And if you get two, three, whatever, Suicide Squad, the Birds of Prey, sure, have them as a tandem and build up that small universe and yeah. and try something later on or reestablish something a little later on when people kind of have swept all this under the rug and forgotten about this. Well, well, like what you're saying, and I like what you actually mentioned with uh, Superman, is if you did take the Michael B. Jordan film and you did give it the treatment of what they're doing with uh, Walking Phoenix Joker in an else world, it would be a really cool idea because if you did something like that, you could team up again with um, Max Landis, who also wrote Chronicle. So him and Michael B. have a wicked relationship. Yes. And Max mm-hmm. Landis is a huge Superman fan. His run on American Alien is six-part series. Is awesome. So if you gave those two guys a Superman film, you know, you have Superman come down to Kansas, but you could have a spin. African-American guy in Kansas. Yeah. Superman powers. It'd be really cool. You give it that American alien uh, treatment and Mm -hmm. to see how, like, his environment reacts towards him. I think you could have something really, really fantastic with a touch of that Chronicle feel. Yes. It could be really cool, really different, very grounded. Oh, man. Like. I'd be excited for that. Yeah, totally and again, that. that comes down to just focusing in on something a little different, something a little yes. more isolated, mm-hmm. yes. putting the effort yeah. into there. And you don't need the huge budgets. You don't have to have him swirling around the universe or you know reversing the Earth's planet rotation <laughs> to go back and You don't need anything like that. You can do something that's relatively grounded. Like you said, Troy, what they did with Chronicle, mm-hmm. you, know, you got superpowers and all that, but that was a fairly low-budget film. Yeah. And it looked decent still. So you put the effort into more of the script and developing a character on the onset and then you put the money into the follow-up. You put the money yeah. into number three once you've established that you have a franchise here. You saw that progression with even the Nolan universe. Yeah. You yes. look at the original budget and the original scope of Batman Begins. You know, he didn't put the suit on until like halfway through the film. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And that, that movie didn't even like kill it at the box no, office. It, it, they don't need to if they have these $55 million budgets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you look at this Joker film. So we got some releases from this this week. This has got a $55 million, $60 million budget, like you said. It's being directed by Todd Phillips, the director of the Hangover series starring Joaquin Phoenix. And it has no relevance, no connective tissue, nothing to what they've established in the DC Extended Universe. And they're just going ahead with it and making a Joker origin film. It seems like a really unique take and a really unique direction to take one of Batman's arch nemesis mm-hmm. and just produce a film about him. So it's it's seemingly more and more like they're doing this. And we got our first images this past week on this Joker film that I, honest to God... I would have said it never would have gotten off the ground. I should have bet you, damn. (laughs) But we got our first images here of who they're calling Arthur Fleck. Yeah, Mr. Affleck. Yeah, really weird, eh? A. Fleck. I don't know. It's a hint that Ben Affleck's coming back, folks. It seems a bit too close to that, but what are you you guys thinking here of the look of Joaquin Phoenix? It looks pretty rough <laughs> what, what are you thinking sanjay of the the new look of the uh pre makeup pre acid bath joker looks pretty cool i mean for this film um people might think joker is such a strange choice but when you think about it dc's canon of heroes and villains joker is probably just as popular as batman you know with heath ledger's portrayal People like when uh, we were getting Jared Leto stuff, people were like just as interested to see what how he would turn out as mm-hmm. they were for Ben Affleck's Batman. So when you're talking about the most popular heroes, it's not like Marvel where it's like 10 heroes and then a villain. DC, it's the big three and then the Joker's number four. Yep. So it, it makes sense for them. You know, a small budget. I don't see this movie not making back its budget. Oh, it definitely will. Opening weekend, this thing's going to do like 60, 70 million. So 
it's a smart investment move and it's kind of cool. It allows them, you know, um, get like a hit under their belt. seems like DC every year they're releasing kind of these uh, smaller projects. Like the first one was Lego Batman. This year was Teen Titans Go. And as it's, you know, as they continue to make money, they'll release more of these and then supplement the DC extended universe. Uh, The look itself, you know, the picture of himself, you don't, you can't tell much, but the photos of him on that Miracle Mile amusement park. Yeah. Those are the really cool parts with him laughing, him with a clown, like pinching a clown's nose. That's, that's got me excited. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Those are the money shots there that you mentioned. Him kind of smiling. That's mm-hmm. that's very Joker-like. I, I got a, a, a little bit of a Mark Hamill vibe going totally. on with, the, with his Joker. You know, yeah. it, it looks it looks really good. I, li- I like what they're doing. I'm interested in this for sure. Um, I, I kind of feel like they, they brought this upon us right now to kind of put that Band-Aid over the news with uh, Henry Cavill <laughs> <laughs> leaving. I felt like they're like, you know, they hit the button. <laughs> they hit the button, the panic button. But um, but I'm grateful for it, man. I'm really on board now. I wasn't really, didn't really care too much for this film, actually, to be honest. I felt like, why do we need a Joker movie when we also hear the rumor that there's a, a Suicide Squad film coming out and another Joker movie? Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm like, I'm on board. Give me this film. I think it looks great. I'm really interested to see how they're going to change the Batman mythos or if it even does anything with Batman. I mean, that's totally cool. Uh, it, we have Thomas Wayne now that's been yeah. cast as well. Yeah. Hopefully Cullen. he stays. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I, I like it, man. I can't wait to see him in the makeup. I've seen some Photoshop stuff already with, with the green hair. It looks pretty cool, but I can't wait to see the final official look of this character in costume. Yeah, can't I agree wait. with it's you, man. Like, w- with both you guys, I'm, I'm pretty intrigued by this now. I, like I said right two minutes ago that I had no interest in this. Yeah. But given what they're trying to do here to the look of Joaquin Phoenix, the, the acting chops of him as well. Mm-hmm. I think they could do this, a really twisted comedy. Oh, like yeah. A really dark comedy. I say that's the kind of vibe I'm getting from this. And yeah, sure. The Joker, I'd love to see more on this. Like there's this idea too, within DC comics that they never really tell his true origin. So if they mm-hmm. have like two or three different Joker origins that are floating around, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay yeah. with a copycat. I'm okay. Like, who is the real Joker? Who's the true Joker? Like, they're creating that mythos around this. You know, they're setting this in the 80s. They're bringing in Thomas Wayne. So they're bringing in some of that that history and that mythos around the Joker, around Batman, to kind of give you a feel for that universe. But also focusing, at least for the first time that I can think of, really on a true villain. Mm-hmm. in yep. a film you know we've got venom coming which i guess is going to be more of an anti-hero and same with deadpool so this is our first real look at like a a film completely centered around a villain yes they've been major parts of the dc films particularly in the nolan universe but this is an interesting take with the small budget todd phillips directing again he's more well known for his comedic side you know he did old school he did the hangover stuff and all that so he he has that but i think twisting this a little bit to something a little darker it's gonna be quite intriguing and i'm kind of cool with this being siloed off like a one-off i don't have to really think too much about this i can go in and consume a story Mm -hmm. that i think a lot of us are going to be quite surprised by because they could be pulling from all sorts of different material this like the Joker source material that is just kind of all over the place establishing a name here you know some people are like what does that mean Joker's not supposed to have a name I'm kind of cool with it like just even if he changes his name a whole bunch like I think it's going to be about misdirection and confusing and watching a man who's you know teetering on the edge of maybe you know genius and insanity 
and watching him slowly dip over that line into the insanity. I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah, I think they can do something special here. And the one thing I kind of hope they do, because this is taking place in the 80s, and you know, like, in the 80s, you watch 80s movies and, like, sci-fi, and they have, like, this futuristic city, like Blade Runner. Yes. I hope they do something like that, like, 80s futuristic for Gotham. Like, Gotham is always an important character in Batman films, and I really hope they do, like, make Gotham something really special. Well, be interesting, right? Because Gotham's always been portrayed as that very noir, you mm-hmm. know, 50s, 40s kind of look, yep. you know, with the cars and everything yep. like that. So it'd be really interesting. Yeah, you're right. To see what they do with that in the in the 80s era. That'll be, yeah. that'll be neat. Well, they have yeah. to leverage the aesthetics of the 80s. If they're going to set it in the 80s, they have to make it worthwhile. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. The same way that Wonder Woman's being set in the 80s, too, as well, right? Yeah. So they're probably just using the sets and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, maybe it's connected. Who knows? I don't think Can so. you imagine? Well, that'd be such a coup. Yeah, it kind of would be, but I don't think so. I think this needs to be isolated. We need I think no so. reference to even superpowers or anything like that. Let's let's just watch someone like. Um, have you ever seen the film One Hour Photo with Oh Rob Williams? Williams? Terrific film. Yeah, something like that, where you have this like dude that just walks off the ledge, unhinged. Yeah, yeah. Like, something like you know, like in the uh, the Killing Joke, where like he puts his hands and like the the camera kind of would shake, and you just hear like the words on screen. Yeah, something like that. Like this, you know. Okay, I'm gonna make a bold statement. Not really that bold statement, but this this film will either be amazing or crap. Uh, this is not going to be like an in-between film this is going to be like a 90 percent plus on Rotten tomatoes or 10 percent below like i can see this thing going just like wow this thing could get oscar buzz or this is Catwoman. <laughs> i could see it have a i could see it having like a marinating factor too though like you walk out like what did i just see and yeah. then like you see it again and again or you think about it longer you're like whoa that was like brilliant like i could, I could see it going that way too yeah. You yeah. Know? Well, but, it's going to be in the subtlety of the character development. That's yeah. where you're going to have to see this probably multiple times would be my yeah. guess. Is yeah. that you need to see him walk and like the things that happen at the start of the movie that really impact the end of the movie might not be something that on a single viewing you yes. see all of it unfolding. Mm-hmm. You may get to a point and be like, "Wow, that was it. That's a huge shock." But you look back on it and there's all these subtle hints. So it comes down to, yeah, really the subtlety of the film, I mm. think, for this to be successful. It's not about the bombastic blowing yeah. up and the craziness and, mm-hmm. you know, just being loud. It's about mm. the subtlety of the character. It needs to be a character-driven film. And that's you... why it's so good that Phoenix is doing it. Because yeah. he has those kind of nuances to, to do this. He's going to knock it out of the park, I for agree. sure. When, what percentage of the film does he don the makeup? Does he do it halfway through? Is it the last shot of the film and that's all we see? Or is it, like, fairly early on? What do you guys think? Uh, that's, a, that's a tough one. You know, I think they're going to need to show him in makeup at some point, but I'm happy for them to do it in the back half of the film. Yeah. I want to see, like I said, I want to see this Arthur Fleck. I want to see him teeter. It's mm-hmm. not about getting into the makeup for me. It's about what's underneath it that they need to develop. Well, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, just these set photos right now, I can already see the Joker in him, and he's not even—he doesn't have the green hair, he doesn't have the smile. So, if he can walk that swagger the whole time throughout the film, and the last ten percent, he he rocks the costume. Totally on board. It's fine by me. Cool. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, you know, being that it's been a very busy week, and we want to make time to get to this Captain Marvel trailer. What we're gonna do is we're gonna slide Grabs's question for this week, given that it's fairly difficult to next <laughs> week so grabs we're sorry we'll, we'll get to it we promise 
but we want to make sure that we leave enough time to get to this Captain Marvel trailer and not really kind of go over our hard stop line for the length of the podcast. So what we're going to do here, guys, we're going to jump into the Captain Marvel trailer and break it down in a bit of detail. So we're going to throw up a spoiler warning for those staying away from anything to do with Captain Marvel, wanting to go in cold now is the time where you take a pause and you come back next week because we're going to try to break this down as much detail as possible and bring in some comic book references as well as some MCU references. So our intentions aren't to deliberately spoil this, but this is what we do here. We talk about this, we break this down, and we try to pull out some of the Easter eggs. We're also going to talk about some of the key things that we really like about this because, spoiler warning again, I freaking love this. <laughs> you know, I was pretty jacked up with the announcement that we were getting a trailer. It was confirmed a couple days ago, early on in the week, that Brie Larson would be bringing the first trailer to Good Morning America, ABC show, Disney, all this, you know, the conglomerate, oh, the family convenient. helping family. <laughs> so we see this. This is consistent. We've seen this with a lot of Marvel films. We also got a new poster, which looks really great. I love like that, that poster. One yep. of the better first teaser posters that we've gotten outside of the Avengers films, I'd have to say. Not a lot of Photoshopping going on doesn't look like yes thank goodness yeah. and then she dropped this this amazing trailer on us now this there's a lot in here you know for me just high level i really like how it's structured it's a lot of misdirection it's giving you the key elements to draw you into this it's giving you a lot of brie larson as captain marvel but it's also giving you a lot of the supporting cast particularly in samuel l jackson which surprised me a little bit you know hot take on this guys what what's your overall opinion on this trailer before we jump into the detailed breakdown troy what's up yeah i feel it i'm not blown away yet it's a, it's a teaser so i i give it that i'm super anticipating this film love the poster i love what they do right off the bat with you know they're letting you know hey this takes place a while back with the blockbusters yes. drop that is freaking oh, wicked best part of the whole trailer <laughs> yeah, like come on that's, that's so cool <laughs> Yeah, um, Samuel Jackson looks great. You know, we saw set photos, but it's one thing to see set photos, and it's another to see it in motion. And this guy looks like twenty years younger. Mm-hmm. Both eyes. Uh, your homeboy from Shield, um, yeah. Agent Coulson, Clark Gregg. Agent, yeah, yeah, man, like he looks good. Like that. That's awesome. Um, I love when she goes Super Saiyan at the end. That's my favorite part. <laughs> when she powers up, I, I I love that. Um, that's about. Oh, and the helmet. I, I, the helmet like I didn't think they're actually gonna pull it off I didn't think they're gonna do the helmet at all because in the comic I feel like the helmet gets a little more fleck than it does here in live action and it looks really really good so I'm feeling that um she punches a grandma which is which is crazy <laughs> but <laughs> I had to do a double take I wish we got to see a bit more of the scrolls I thought the scrolls are awesome and they look so good in that set photo like they need to hold on to that shot a little bit longer um I don't want to complain too much about it. I felt like we've seen a lot of this stuff before. It does walk that fine line of Green Lantern, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Captain America, Thor, uh, Star-Lord. It, it walks that line a little bit. But um, either than that, man, I mean, I'm sold. I think she's going to be great. Yeah. It's just not my highest trailer. I feel like the MCU trailers are really, really good. This one didn't quite do it for me. But, I mean, the the, the big shadows I gave are, are the ones I feel the most, for sure. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, starting off the poster. That poster took me by surprise because normally, like, of late, the MCU posters have been a little bit lacking. Yeah, I agree. Like, that. the Homecoming one, that one with Black Panther on the throne was just yeah. kind of iffy. Uh, but this one here is probably my favorite. Uh, well, Infinity War had good posters, so I'll give them yeah. that. Um, but besides Infinity War, this is one of the best teaser first posters. I love it. It's fantastic. 
It's marvelous. And uh, <laughs> the trailer, they have Blockbuster in it. I love that. I love how yes. so many people online were giving love to Blockbuster. And I'm sitting back thinking, you know, if you guys went out and rented movies from Blockbuster, it would still be here. You got one in your basement. So. <laughs> well, if you guys, you know, you have so much late fees, Tim, from Dunkirk. <laughs> I, you know what? It's funny. I thought about that the other day. And I was like, I need to watch that because I still have it. <laughs> All the late fees are adding up. You're just going to have to buy why, a copy now. This is why Blockbuster went out of business. <laughs> People like you. And Netflix. <laughs> um, the trailer. Okay. I really like the trailer. Um. I had some thoughts that I was going to go with that, but they've escaped my head at the moment. I just got to give you a second here to think about this. <laughs> delay, delay. <laughs> we'll walk through the trailer and maybe they'll come back to you. But All right. did you just baseline? Did you enjoy it? Did you get I, what you needed out of it? I, I thought of it now. Okay, okay so I, I kind of led yeah, you into it. <laughs> you, you, you held my hand and you took me into the promised land. Yeah, there you go. Um, okay, as someone who knows almost nothing about Captain Marvel besides her name, the, I, I came in here, so like, I was probably like the greenest of all the people watching this trailer in this room and at Troy's house. And, um, you know, I, I, I still, I'm super excited for this film, but I don't know a lot about the story. I, I guess this is a teaser, so I can't expect too much, but I don't really know like her power set or what kind of her powers are or kind of like her origin. Um, something like, you know, you go back to the Aquaman trailer, we kind of know like, okay, so he can control fish. And, like, he's from Atlantis. This one here, you know, she's she's from the sky, but I don't really know. Like, she shoots beams from her hand. Doesn't, like, obviously they're going to tell us more. This is just, like, to whet our appetites. But uh, someone who's going in, like, raw, I'm still kind of, like, I don't really know who Captain Marvel is as a hero. Yeah, and I think, to me, what this trailer was focused in on is, like, okay, guys, prepare yourselves for this. Yeah. You're going to get the details. Because, yeah as we start to break this down and we can start to kind of go through this a bit more scene by scene here is that it's, it's quite disjointed. It's a bit all over the place. There's a story told in the trailer, which I don't think is going to be overly reflected in the film. They're giving you bits and pieces of this. And the thing that's a bit more interesting about this film is it looks like it's going to be slightly disjointed is as far as the, the direction of storytelling, not as much linear as we thought, you know, mm -hmm. going back to the EW uh, release that we talked about last week, they talked about her being half human, half Cree. And we all took that and assumed that to be that there was a, a swapping of her origin or at least a, a slight change, a divergence from the comic book. From this trailer, I'm not getting that anymore. I'm getting that, you know, she, and it's, it's kind of spelt out for you. She had this, this previous life. Some interaction with the Cree happened. She went off, fought in this war as the Cree soldier, and then for whatever reason has found herself back on Earth and links up with Nick Fury and the scrolls that that's your generic i think path that they lay out for you but how it's all constructed within the film i think is a bit I, they purposely leave it ambiguous mm -hmm. uh, they don't want you to get the, the whole gist of it it's about saying look she can do some pretty cool stuff we're gonna explain it samuel jackson space stuff and <laughs> captain marvel in her outfit you know that to me is your very simplistic breakdown of it like it's about showing something brand new female led superhero in the Marvel cinematic universe, but also making you feel comfortable with characters that you know and love, i.e. Samuel Jackson and Phil Coulson. <laughs> she, she looks strong as all hell in this. Like it, looking at her power set just from this trailer, I'd say she's like up there with Thor, if not even above Thor at this point. Yeah. They call it godlike powers. Like it, it's 
Her power set, I would have to say, is going to be somewhat ill-defined, and that might be on purpose. The the difficult part, and this is, I think, even with Superman, where I struggle sometimes, is that mm. they kind of have this power set of convenience. Yeah. When they need to do something, they do it, and it's just because that's the character. And so that's one thing or one line that they have to walk and be very careful not to just have her have whatever is necessary to get out of X situation or develop the plot or push it in some direction. You know, it looks like she's going to have this massive power set, but have this fundamental flaw of the human inside of her. Mm -hmm. So they need to flaw this character and kind of ground her a little bit. Cause otherwise you're going to be like, why doesn't she just punch every grandma in the face? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just blast everything with your hands. Cause that's, you know, Superman. That's what I always say. I struggled with is yeah. like, why doesn't he just pitch every villain into the space? Right. You know, so they have to have a way to take this character and, you know, in the past you can call it like Professor Xing it. Like you have to, to dull down that power set or make it at least realistic and believable that she could sit in this universe and still have someone that can oppose her. So pairing her up with the likes of the Kree, Ronin, other characters like the Skrulls, this is, I think, a wise decision and not having a completely Earth-based origin story villain type thing like you need something a bit more cosmic a bit more bigger to fit this character and i think we're going to get this in the film mm -hmm. so what we're going to do here let's let's start walking through it's going to kind of play this in mute in the background and just walk through some of the highlight highlighted scenes and kind of talk through some of the big points troy that you had mentioned there so as this trailer kicks off you know the first thing we see is her flying out of space from some explosion i don't know if those scenes are exactly linked and then dropping through the blockbuster that's the best part i mean i just want to see like are those vhs tapes or those dvds i gotta find out what year this takes place in <laughs> 90s well, at some point. 90s yeah, yeah. so Could yeah be dvds 90s, so. and it's it's a cool establishing shot they spent a lot of time really focusing in on the blockbuster there which i like they and you know something that's synonymous with that era blockbuster sure you know we're in a movie in a movie store like i, I think it's kind of a cool way to establish it not using the lack of technology or cars or you know, some exposition, like there's going to be like, what is this thing that I'm, you know what I mean? There's going to be that, that confusion, that fish out of water. But as long as they play that a little different than they've done in the past, you know, we've seen Thor do it. We've seen Captain America do it. Let's see something a little different. Okay. Let's drop into the nineties and see what happens here. How many young kids watching this trailer were like, what's a blockbuster? Yeah. I thought that was <laughs> like when a film was really big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it, it, there's this really nice voiceover from, from Samuel L. Jackson here from the Nick Fury character that again, feels very familiar. You know, we've seen him do the voiceovers in mostly Avengers films and the Iron Man films. So him talking about this fish out of water, you know, calling her a renegade soldier. So setting up what this film, at least her personality, I think, you know, leading us into the idea that, you know, she's not someone that is likely to conform to something bigger. You know, we've got these set photos and the photos from EW with the star force. So we, we know she's part of something bigger, at least at this point in the film, when she finds herself back on earth she's in the green and gray and black suit here she's kind of wandering around what looks like maybe the la subway system or new york subway system looking very confused so i, I like this establishment of how the timeline and how they're going to do her origin film you know it's been called something other than an origin film not your typical origin film and i think this kind of forward progressing narrative will also you know, giving bits and pieces of the origin. I think this is a really great way to tell a story. You know, from the trailer, do you guys buy into that? Do you guys buy into the idea that 
we can have an origin film for Captain Marvel that isn't specifically starting from A and getting to B. It's kind of starting from B, going to C, back to A, and kind of all over the place. Like, do you buy into that type of storytelling? A thousand percent. Yeah, I, I kind of like them telling the story in the middle, or even you could say even in the middle of the, the cinematic universe itself. You know, we're we're going after Captain America, but before Iron Man. You know, I think that's kind of a cool setting. Um, I'm going off the setting too. I mean, the attention to detail um, for the timeline, like looking at the sea the sea trains. Yeah, you know that yeah, looks straight it looked just 90s. like the ones from Calgary. It did, right? Yeah, it looks just like the ones from Calgary. Yeah, and Sanjay, actually, you know, I just did a freeze frame, and I did notice in the blockbuster they are VHSs. So oh, okay, okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and looking at the clothes design, it looks very early mid '90s. So this is the attention to detail, man. This is this is great. Yeah. I really like what they're doing here for that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I love it. I mean, some of my favorite origin films aren't the straightforward origin films. You look at Batman Begins, Man of Steel. They, yeah. they don't follow that linear narrative. So I think uh, origin films that follow that linear narrative, maybe audiences might be bored of them. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think we need that anymore. We don't need to spend half of the film outside of the main character in the role we want them in. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be quite powerful. And it looks like they're going to use maybe even these short clips as things are evolving and not going to a, a base, okay, we're going to spend 10 minutes back in the origin halfway through the film. It's these flashes we see in this trailer that I think are really cool. As she's falling, we see her falling in various points in her life as she refers to her finding memories. I think that's kind of a cool way. It's a different way to tell a story, an origin story, without explicitly doing so and taking a break from the overall arc in the film to tell an origin story. So I, I kind of like this, like what appears to be intermittent origin storytelling. Now, the connection to S.H.I.E.L.D. here. Now, we see her walking through these halls. She's wearing a S.H.I.E.L.D. hat. And Fury makes a few references in here as we kind of get introduced to him a little bit about him wanting to hang up the jacket or the gloves or whatever he says here. And it's not until he found her, found or experienced a car chase, you know, a soldier from above. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked about Fury and his connection to S.H.I.E.L.D. or the, the look of Fury. And then now let's talk about the connection to S.H.I.E.L.D. Again, feeling familiar here. Do you think it's an interesting link or a worthwhile link to have her? And we kind of know we need this, but using shield again as a, a something as a base for fandom for people to kind of say, okay, here's something, here's your authority. It's shield again. It's fury. It's familiar. Do you like her linking up or would you maybe have preferred this to be a little bit more disjointed from the continuity that we're familiar with? I think it all depends on how they handle it. I mean, if she links up with S.H.I.E.L.D. and then they don't do a good job explaining where she's been the last 30 years, yeah, then we're going to be like, well, why didn't Nick Fury call her at Avengers 1? Or why didn't Nick Fury call her at Age of Ultron? So they really got to do a good job explaining her absence. Maybe she's out in space and she's fighting. I don't know. Um, but they got to they gotta do something. They can't just leave it like, okay, see you next mission, and then don't call her until Thanos then that's like a huge continuity blunder. But I don't think Marvel's Marvel's got their shit together, so they won't allow that to happen. But it's just in case that does happen, then I'll be a little bit disappointed. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you have to 
You have to bring in shield. You have to bring in the big guns. I mean, we mentioned before, you know, this universe hasn't established the the unit sword. So the next biggest thing is shield. So I think you'd have to have shield kind of surrounding the situation of somebody as big as cosmic and as powerful as Captain Marvel, because it seems like whatever she's going to do in this film her impact will be, will be hidden. It, you know, nobody's going to know about it or else guys like Tony Stark and all these other heroes would be referencing it. Right. Yeah. So I feel like you have to have shield kind of, uh, pulling the curtain on this whole situation, this whole mission here. And, you know, who knows where she's going to end up, obviously, in space. But um, it just makes sense that it's S.H.I.E.L.D. that's kind of has the situation under control. Yeah, I think that that's a good point that, that both of you bring up about S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, I think you, you need it. But also, to your point a bit more, Sanjay, you have to be careful what you do here because you have this alien invasion in New York and you have what very ref- refers directly to as an alien invasion. Yeah, so he speaks it out loud, and there's a really cool scene in here. It's just a quick clip scene where you see what appears to be a scroll on the table, a few characters, and maybe some sort of autopsy going on. So you have to to at least retcon in a way, and be careful how you retcon, that it enriches the movies that come after it in the timeline. So they have to make sure that by the time they're, they're done with all this, by bringing in familiar characters, by bringing in shields, that everything still aligns fairly decently building into the Chachari evasion, building into why they didn't call Captain Marvel. So I think it's a really good point. You need that familiarity, but you have to be very careful how you use it. It's being used quite a bit more, I think, than I had originally expected. You know, seeing Fury and see how Grady looks, you know, I say, by all means, go ahead. They're, these de-aging scenes are usually less than a minute long in films mm-hmm. that we've seen, you know, Michael Douglas, Downey, um whoever else um peggy carter maybe i don't know so they, they've used them quite a few times in the films ego the living planet they use as well in guardians oh, right. so they've mastered that technology but it looks like to me that samuel jackson as the character of nick fury is going to be a true supporting role mm-hmm. like he's going to be with her for a good chunk of this film using that de-aging technology so it's interesting that yeah you need that familiarity but you have to be careful what you do with it because it's been teased in infinity war but we have to make sure everything makes sense here with the continuity building. Yeah. Um, again, coming back to this sea train, like I, it looks like a sea train. <laughs> um, it, this battle here, and I think this is a bit of a continuation from her punching the grandma in the face. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people are very shocked at that. <laughs> you know, for the, and for those that, that don't know why she punched a grandma, it's likely that it was a scroll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, they, like you said, Troy, they're they're saving the scrolls here for some reason. The image, yep. the brief image we get, less than a second, is very similar to the EW shot that we got. Mm-hmm. Yes. So my hope is with the scrolls is that they're saving that reveal either for a later trailer or they're making sure that it looks perfect from the CGI perspective. There's still a few right. months before this thing comes out. Yeah. So yep. there's still probably a lot of posts going on. So if you're going to save it, save it. I, I, I'm happy to have the scroll reveal that, that obvious chin coming out. Mm-hmm. I want that, but it has to look good. It has to land. If they held back just purely because it wasn't ready, I think this is a good move, but I'm excited to see, you know, what Captain Marvel versus scroll is going to look like. She's got this power set again, you know, got these beams coming out of her fists. She's looking pretty aggressive here. It looks like it's going to be action packed. Yeah. I mean, the scrolls is something that we haven't seen in, uh, movies you know the shape-shifting i can't think of any like superhero films that's used it so it's kind of a neat trick that they're using and it's something that will be kind of unique and it'll be like the first one for them to do it 
the only other films I can think of, like shape shifting, are like werewolf films. Yeah. 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 No. No. I agree. If they're if they're holding back for uh, those purposes, then then that makes sense. And again, I, I really do feel like this is a teaser too, so they don't want to like give us everything. No. Um. So I would like to see what they got in store for us for the next trailer. Hopefully, we do get a bit more of a a look, at least to see the uh, the scrolls doing the shape shifting, because it'd be really cool to see how they're going to display that on the big screen or in this yeah. film in general. So that'd be pretty cool because some people, you know, they might be confused of like, why did she hit that grandma? Right. Yeah. Right. Not knowing that it's a scroll. I mean, we know because we saw the clip before. We see the scroll and we see the old lady. So um, th- that'll be interesting to see. So, yeah, I guess we just have to wait for the next trailer and see how that looks. Yeah, we're already anticipating it. Um, <laughs> but a, a bit more to your point there, Troy, about this being a teaser. You know, mm-hmm. as we go into kind of the back half of this, the last minute or so, it's it's again really focused on establishing Captain Marvel. This is a Captain Marvel trailer. You yes. know, we get a clip shot or a really quick shot of the scrolls. A really quick shot of Ronan, not much on the Star Force. You really, it's a, it's a trailer of Brie Larson's Captain Marvel and Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. Nothing more than that. So it's about establishing the character of Captain Marvel more than anything. The next trailer is probably going to expand a little bit around that. This focuses a little bit on her origins, but nothing really other than establishing shots. You know, we look at this the the, the Kree world of Hala. We get our first kind of look at that. We get some look back at. What I said last week was a bit of a confusion for me was her sitting in the cockpit of those fighter jets. Because I didn't understand how that linked up with what EW was telling us. But again, it comes back to those flashbacks, her having a previous life. And really her origin being a bit more complicated than we thought. You know, it's it looks like as we get towards the end of this trailer that she is hit with some sort of Kree cosmic force or something. And that ends up melding her DNA or changing her DNA into something different. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I like that they're sticking a bit more with the true Captain Marvel origins yeah. and doing something a little different, giving us, like I said before, a different type of origin film. There's this one establishing shot here that I want to talk about her upside down in this weird winter soldier esque brain wiping type thing. Yeah. yeah. Do you think this is something to do with why she can't remember? Like the same way, like I said, that they did with Winter Soldier. Uh, and they've taken her memories away from her as they've seen her power set evolve. They want her part of Star Force. So, again, going back to what you kind of alluded to last week when we were talking about Jude Law's character, you know, is he a true hero or is he someone a bit more devious in the sense that you related to the Bill Foster? where he has his own agenda and he's pushing that and maybe using Captain Marvel here as his main driving force to push his agenda, you know, and wiping her mind so that she doesn't have the memories, doesn't want to go back to earth. Yeah. I think it could be something like that in the sense that he's in his own way, he's doing it for the better of her or like as if he's trying to protect her, but we'll kind of see it as uh, like an antagonist kind of point of view, Yeah, but maybe he's doing this. Yeah. To protect her. Maybe if she remembers everything, she'll fully unleash her power. Like maybe she's more powerful. She remembers everything. Therefore we see her, you know, um, super saying out there, I guess I, I'm not <laughs> too, not too sure, but I have a feeling if anyone's going to kind of change sides here, it's going to be Jude Law's character yeah. is going to be kind of a little shady. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, when I first saw it, I thought it was like a torture device or something. Maybe like it's the final battle or something where she needs to be rescued and she's in this sort of like, you know, they may, maybe the bag I need some information or something. That's kind of my first look, but the mind wiping makes much more sense. She's in the Star Force outfit, oh, so okay. my assumption is this is prior to her going 
back to earth. Mm. This just, and again, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Troy, you brought this up, this really cool scene here. You know, they kind of rock through a bunch of clip scenes here. You know, we've talked about most of them. Um, But once we get to this shot of the Star Force, what looks to be in space, maybe in our opening scene of the film, with the Captain Marvel mask on the Mohawk out the top, what looks to be something very similar to Star-Lord's mask that goes over his head, head in Guardians of the Galaxy, kind of establishing on the front there. How do you feel about this? Like, do you like the look of it? Do you see, you know, maybe it needs a little more CGI work? How are you feeling about them actually including the helmet? Love it. Love it. I, it's one of the best things in this whole teaser trailer. It's uh, the helmet looks so good live action. Like how they pulled that off, I have no idea. I have the Marvel Legend of Marvel Captain Marvel when she comes with the helmet, and I, I head swapped it because I didn't like it. <laughs> um, but here it looks awesome. I, I can't believe how well it looks. Um, is it? It's the green costume though, isn't it? Yes. When she's wearing it, yeah. Okay. I think it also helps them too. You know, when they're doing more of the uh, CG kind of effects. You know, the less human-like it looks, the easier for them to pull off these crazy visual kind of effects. So I think that helps a lot by covering up the face so much. But all around, I I, I love what they're doing here. This is definitely a hot toy I'm going to have to chase because I know they're <laughs> going to drop it. So um, all in all, I'm in. Love it. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it looks pretty cool, but they definitely need to finish that CGI. Uh, some people are posting pictures online. Like the helmet doesn't align. Like the nose is off. And it, it looks kind of weird like when they zoom in. But you know, this is this is a teaser trailer, so I can't yeah. be too hard on them. Yeah, I see I, that now, though. Good point. Yeah, I agree with you. That was the only thing that kind of stuck out to me in the whole trailer. Mm-hmm. I love that they've been able to work in the mask, or the helmet, the mohawk, everything. I think it's going to be really cool when it's completed CGI. Yeah. But that was the one thing on the CGI. You know, we're talking about Samuel Jackson. You're talking about Clark Gregg's, Phil mm-hmm. Coulson, even the, the power set that we see displayed. This is one that, yeah, they wanted to establish that we've put the helmet in, we've yeah. followed the continuity here, but it still looks like it needs another few iterations. It's a, it's a, it's in an in space shot. It looks like, and it it looks unfinished. Yeah, that's probably the only knock I'll give this trailer, as far as a teaser trailer goes. You know, I think it's structured well. It tells enough of a story here, and then it also gives us this fantastic shot at the end of her in the blue, red, and yellow uniform just going next level with the power source. Like, it, I don't know who she's fighting here. Again, <laughs> she needs a worthy yeah. adversary. Yeah. But, man, does this look good. Oh, yeah. Like, whoever she's fighting is toast. Yeah. Literally <laughs> toast. Like, burnt to a crisp. Like, yeah, as Troy said, Super Saiyan. <laughs> yeah, man. Super Saiyan 3 right there. Did you uh, Did you guys notice? Because I didn't notice until just now watching this again with you guys. Uh, Samuel Jackson's pager. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, is that the same one then, obviously, from I think it's, Infinity it's, War? It's not it's tricked similar? out in the same way. Right. So it's him wandering around with it. Like, I think it has a text on it with Target. So cool. whether that means he's with her or with a scroll or something like that, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. But it looks like that pager is what eventually is tricked out for cool. the end of Infinity War. So she, at the end of this film, I'm assuming jams a bunch of technology in there and says, if you ever need me again call me or going back to our Avengers four theory discussion. Yes. Dr. Strange shows up to Samuel Jackson and says, and this is was what we kind of discussed about, you know, ironing out the continuity here is yeah. that in, at some point, Doc Strange goes back in time and talks to a young Nick Fury and says, you don't call captain Marvel until you see people fading away. 
Yeah. And that's why you got his reaction in Infinity War and running and grabbing that pager. It's not like, oh, maybe I'll just call the Avengers or whomever. <laughs> it's I need yeah. to grab this pager. Seemed like a weird reaction. Yeah. So there needs to be an explanation for that in this film. Imagine I, living your whole life thinking about that. Like people are going to fade away any moment now. And I got to have this pager on me all the time. Like you take a trip and you forget it in luggage or something like, Oh, well what if the people fade away today? I got to go all the way back. What if I'm part of the faded away people? <laughs> well, well, that's it, right? Like there has to be an in film or in continuity reason why he didn't reach out to her during the Chitauri invasion, during mm-hmm. the Ultron situation. You know, so I I think they can really work it in here. But overall, guys, Captain Marvel, you know, March can't come soon enough for me. Yes. I'm super excited for this character. Now that I have Marvel Unlimited, I'm going to go back and read a whole bunch of the more recent Captain Marvel stuff. When she went from Miss Marvel to Captain Marvel, I think probably in 2013, 12, 12, 12, something like that. So I'm going to go back. And she's had quite a few volumes where they they've rebooted this this character quite a few times at least in numbering so i'm looking forward to doing that but you know marvel again i said this a couple last week when we talked to dw that this movie was going to do gangbusters i again i'm I'm gonna up the ante on that i'm gonna say yeah this this film now that i've seen the trailer now that i've seen a lot of what's happening in here I think this has the potential not to go quite Black Panther levels, but this is going to go, I think, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 type levels, like 350 million plus wow. domestically. Okay, yeah. Um, what do you guys think of uh, that the title card there? It's pretty sweet. Yeah, I really like it. Oh, trailer, yeah. How yeah. it evolves yeah. out, too. I think it's yeah. one of the better ones. Yeah. It's really oh, good. yeah. It's pretty sharp. Um, mm-hmm. You bring up a good point, Tim. Uh, going back, I don't have Marvel Unlimited, but I do have Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. And yep. I do remember there was a couple episodes with Captain Marvel in it. I think she was Miss Marvel. Marvel. Oh, she was Miss yeah. Marvel. But yeah. same kind of character, same power set. Relatively Still Carol Danvers. Yeah, yeah, Carol Danvers, relatively the same power set, less prowess, I would say. I think when they bumped her up to Captain Marvel, they gave her kind of a, a breath of fresh air. And kind of, uh, they, they, I think they wanted to evolve the character into establish her as one of the big players in the universe. I think going from the Miss moniker to the Captain helps with that but also they've given her a lot of really good storylines in the last little bit and she's been a huge a huge factor in avenger stories uh, a lot of the sword stuff recently um i can't remember ultimates. what's ultimates yes thank yeah. you so she's had she's been a big component of marvel's revamping of their comics over the last couple of years okay so then she becomes lieutenant marvel and then general marvel general marvel yeah it just <laughs> Admiral, makes sense yeah, yeah. president marvel, marvel. <laughs> 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 so guys to, to close this captain marvel discussion out is your anticipation level the same higher or lower than it was two weeks ago uh i would say the same and that's not a diss on the trailer because it was pretty high uh going in and you know saw those shots from ew and you know i thought they were pretty cool so, you know, my my anticipation for this has always remained high. Nothing's done to lower it. Nothing's really done to higher it. I don't think they could have done anything to hire it because, you know, 2019, this is going to be pretty high up on my most anticipated list. Yeah, you know, my, my, mine's a bit higher, but it's not even because of the trailer. It's just because things are more real now. Like, we're in the time now for the marketing to go full-blown for this film. So I'm on board. I've been on board. I, I can't wait to see Captain Marvel. I think she's going to be a huge hit. Um, I, I do like what they're going to – I, I like what they're trying to do. I just don't 
think I'm completely on board with this uh, with this trailer, but I'm sure we're going to get hit with a couple more that are just going to blow us away and and possibly break the internet. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm I'm on board though for sure. Are you more excited about this trailer uh, for this movie at this point in time, or for Venom uh, when you saw the first teaser for that? Ooh, <laughs> let me think about this one. No, of course not. No, I'm definitely on board with Captain Marvel over Venom. Venom, Venom, I'm there with you guys, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch the movie. But uh, I didn't even get invited. <laughs> yeah, well, you I, know. I thought, it was, I thought it was assumed because we all go. We all go to the Marvel films. No, no, this is so awkward, Tim. Of... Uh, we weren't inviting Tim this time. Jeez. Yeah. Why is that? <laughs> I, got, I got, didn't get tagged on the Twitter conversation. Oh, yeah. did you not get tagged on? <laughs> no. I purposely left Tim out. I'm like, well, Tim. <laughs> I mean, jeez. Yeah, I don't know about that film. I, you know, uh, to go off topic for two seconds here, that, that poster wasn't doing it for me at all. You that, should that check out the... Po- I, I, I was having such a brain fart yesterday because I meant to tag you guys on the IMAX poster. Okay. So I wrote back on like a tweet for the IMAX poster saying, doesn't this look so much better? And then okay. I realized I didn't tag anyone in it. So well, I probably look yeah. like a crazy person. Just yeah, tag like... in there. I'd love, to, I'd love to see that because I'm... I, I You know, I want every film to do well, but I mean, if it if it doesn't hit my appetite it doesn't hit it so um we'll just have to wait and see but definitely captain marvel man this yeah. is this movie i'm I'm on that team captain marvel yes. over venom for sure yeah. this trailer <laughs> absolutely amped me up when i saw it for the first time i think i've watched it probably 10 times now well. um i'm there i want to see the scrolls i want to see a little bit more about this this universe particularly the cosmic end of things but i'm there you know button seat first first night opening night i know we're all there but yeah. i'm really excited for this and what this is going to do not only for for Marvel as far as having a female-led superhero, but the cosmic end of things as well. Like this mm-hmm. is really going to evolve that. So I'm super excited for this film on, on multiple levels. And yeah, I think it's going to be an absolute hit. Yeah. And, and maybe oh, they'll bring yeah. back Blockbuster. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Uh, <laughs> so well, actually, Deadpool 2 brought back Blockbuster in London. Did it? There's a Blockbuster in London and it, it just opened up. But the only what? movie you can rent is Deadpool 2. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. On VHS? <laughs> oh, I wish. They did release Deadpool 1 on VHS, but it was a Comic Con right. exclusive. Oh, that's pretty that's cool. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, that was an absolute blast talking Captain Marvel and getting through our weekend nerd and talking about what's up next or what's going on with the DC Extended Universe. Now, we will get to Grab's question next week. You know, we had a full slate here. I'm sure we're going to move into a little bit of a lull, so I'm looking forward to getting back at that and really challenging ourselves with his questions here. And overall, guys, you know, if any of you guys want to be a part of the Nerd Room, you can always email us at thenerdroom at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Facebook or YouTube, and you can always grab us on Twitter. Our handles are at the end of the episode. Shout out to our dude, Rob Wade. He's always promoting us and giving us that endorsement for Emotionally 14. And you can always find everything that we do on the nerdroom.net as well as starscommonwealth.com. And make sure you go check out all those other podcasts on starscommonwealth.com and within the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. You can also catch me this Thursday on Talk Stars Comics. So myself and Rob Cass run down the new Beckett book the one nice. shot there and give it a little review and in a couple of weeks you can catch me also on our crossover podcast the tumbling nerd room uh, where we talk through some comics and collecting nice. there so it's really fun kind of an hour long we go through a little bit of banter there so yeah guys you know i'm, I'm looking forward to already getting back at it next week awesome yeah i don't think it'll have as big a week but you never say never i mean we could hear big stuff big news coming out maybe a sequel will be announced for man of steel oh my goodness that would make my whole year (laughs) (laughs) all right everyone for the nerd room i'm tim i'm troy and i'm 
Sanjay. There he is. <laughs> and thank you for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay, on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sanjabi. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. Don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, and YouTube. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts in the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron Podcast, Skyrim's Podcast, and San Diego Sabers. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.